Cool. Can we do a clap? Oh, yeah. Shit, I got gloves on. We'll see. Three, two, one. Couldn't even hear your clap. No, but it was there. Are those like the copper ones? The You know what I mean? Where they say they're copper or whatever. They just look like it. I don't know if they are at all. But No, they have, they're just like little, they have like these little, I don't think there's copper in them. I'm not going to focus, but. They look like the, uh, the ones that they have at the Walmart as seen on TV. Oh. Like near the front. But I always I was confused by those because a lot of the time those feel like the no longer TV exclusives because that was the deal at first. Right. I think was, hey, you can only buy it here through this on TV. And then I felt lied to because now they're publicly available. Yeah. And then like Kohl's has the as seen on TV section in the store. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But no, no. All right. So for the listener, I'm wearing, I'm wearing these. Um, they're actually arthritic gloves. <laughs> They're they're gloves for um, people with arthritis. Um, I guess they're tighter or something, but they even have like grippies on them. Um, Good I, Yeah, I found them on Amazon because I was looking for a lightweight glove that didn't have finger hole or didn't have like the tips of my fingers, but covered most of my fingers. So what I kept finding was like gloves that only went up to like the first knuckle. But I wanted them to go all the way to like my nail, basically, because I wanted to wear gloves, but I wanted to be able to feel the keyboard when I type because it's freezing in my office. It's actually today. It is with the wind chill. It's negative 45. That's just what it is right now. I mean, it could, it could get colder. That's gross. You should also just turn the heat up. Mm, no. <laughs> uh, heat. Why? No. no. I mean, it's still 64 in here and that's still manageable. It just feels colder because like you said earlier in our cause is just it's just dry yeah so when it's dry it feels colder than it actually is lauren went to go fill the the car up today before she went to work and just like taking her glove off to use the touch screen on the pump made her knuckles bleed i haven't been outside for (laughs) six months (laughs) (laughs) i uh i went outside yesterday for it was so short that i didn't breathe outside oh i did that on purpose I was shaking out uh, a mop and outside. Just, yeah, did, yeah. Did the mop freeze while you were out there? Oh, uh, it was like a dry mop, you know, where it's just uh, the, the dust mop thing. Oh, so I see. I had opened the door, held my breath, ran out, shook it out, ran back in, and it was still bad. But but yeah, that that's all that I've been outside. I haven't been outside yet today. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to. <laughs> oh, speaking of running, I've. Um... Uh, I think a couple episodes ago, I mentioned I got up at like 4.45 to go running in the morning. I've been doing that consistently now. So every day this week, I've gotten up at uh, 5 o'clock and I've gone to the gym and ran for 30 minutes. Except for Thursday. Thursday, I, I woke up is, at 5 a.m. and shuffled my driveway. Right? This is how you be successful. You wake this up is, early. You do the things. You <laughs> here in my garage. Yep. And then, boom, billion dollars. Just wake up early and drink tea and... Ty, Lep- Ty Lopez descends from the heavens and rewards <laughs> you with two Lamborghinis in your garage. He just after two weeks of waking up at four a.m., he just shows up. I <laughs> he's really proud of you. That's what he says. That's all that he says. I'm really proud of you, and then snaps his fingers. There you go. Boom. The, two Lambos. The whole reason um, I do it though isn't like because it's like that. Like oh, it's a fresh start to my day. I'm up like and. I'm up two hours before everybody else in the world. Like I get an extra day every week on peasants. Uh, <laughs> it's because I literally don't have time to do it at any other part of the day. And I imagine this is probably how like like new dads feel. Mm-hmm. Because like at, right after work, it's like kids are home. 
you can't really go anywhere. Like now you've got to prepare for dinner and get them ready for bed, all this stuff. And like, I'm, I'm in a very similar fashion where I have my day job and right after, right after that, Lauren comes home we start cooking, we hang out for a little bit. Then it's like, okay, I can get in like a little bit of Evergrow. If I throw in like uh, a gym session right after my day job, I, I, there's no time. Like it's, it's gone. But if I wake up at 5 a.m., Lauren sleeps till like seven or eight. So if I wake up, I can go to the gym, I can get done with all that. And we both go to bed at like, 11 o'clock, 11, 11.30. But you I mean, you only need like five or six hours of sleep. You don't need eight. Yeah. Uh, it wears on you, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I started drinking this, uh, the, it called, I can't remember what it's called. It's, um, it's, it's early bird, early bird cocktail. It's basically like a pre-workout, but not. Uh, so you, you put a scoop in like this little uh, thermos. It almost looks like a, like an alcohol shaker. But you you put eight ounces of water in it, put a scoop in it, you shake it up, put it on your end table, and in the morning you wake up and you chug it. And then I lay in bed for fifteen minutes, and then after that I'm not tired. It's so I guess it's like a five hour energy. <laughs> you just just take it. It's got hundred fifty milligrams of caffeine, which is half of a bang energy drink. That I would not sleep for but, a long time. <laughs> that's the goal. But the <laughs> the benefit of it though is that it's not like coffee where it's like a slow release of caffeine over time. It's just like boom. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and there's also sense. like like electrolytes and other other stuff in it that's supposed to be good. Yeah, no, I, I get what you mean though about the waking up. I see it either way, right? You either stay up late, no matter what, you're sleeping less uh, if you're yeah. wanting to do all the things, and you either stay up late or you wake up early. And I always, always, I, I still am a late bird. It's just I can force myself to stay up. I can't force myself to wake up. <laughs> Yeah, it's I much ne- easier to do it that way than the other. I never got the argument that people should wake up early because they they're awake when everybody's sleeping and like they're they've had a better like a f- better start to their day. I'm like, how is that any different than somebody just staying up later? Like, yeah, okay, they get to wrap up more things, you know. Well, yeah, I and this is one argument I think is good and valid. It makes sense for most people, uh, and so it's if you got your day job and you have a side hustle, why would you? do your best at your day job and then do the leftovers for your side hustle. Like if you want to be prioritizing it, then you should be working first on your side hustle. So that's why you wake up early so that your leftovers go to your day job. But uh, it one, it never worked for me. I, I, it, no, I, the only hack uh, I've written about this before too. The only hack that I really believed in and, and worked for me was the, and it was actually from, um, Malin, Malin Darius, he's, he's an affiliate, a paid affiliate called the second morning. And the idea is that when you get home, you, well, assuming you come home from your day job, wherever uh, you wrote about this, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. You, you treat it like you just woke up again. You get in the shower, you make yourself coffee, you get dressed as if you're going to work. And yeah, you just repeat the process of getting prepared to go to work. And then you kind of mentally trick yourself into getting into that mental place again. So you can work. You're doing it for like two weeks and you're like, man, I've been doing laundry twice as much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And well, I, I guess I didn't really, I didn't dress any differently. I, I would lay down for a minute. And... Did, you, did you put on like your other gray shirt? <laughs> yeah, I changed the color, different gray. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'd, I'd lay down, I'd wake up, do a shower, brush my teeth, the whole shebang. And then, yeah, sit down with a drink uh, and, and pretend like i was starting all over again worked pretty well for me yeah you did that in like 2019 mm-hmm. i remember i did a lot of damage that way mm-hmm. uh, a lot of damage in many ways because you shouldn't do that forever but <laughs> <laughs> i 
as I say, as I have porcelain wrists now and a four hundred dollar keyboard, but you know, whatever. Yeah. Well, I don't. Anyway. Uh. So today we're uh, two days away from the big day from uh, from Christmas, as uh, as tra- as traditionalists refer to it. Um, so I figured, uh, we did a Thanksgiving episode. We did a holiday one. I figured we'll do one that is, um, semi Christmas oriented. Really. Mm-hmm. We're not, it, it, it's really nothing. It's just our gift to you. It's, it's not like we're, I'm not going to have like jingle bells playing in the background or anything. It, it's um, nothing. You're welcome. Yeah. You're, you're welcome. I mentioned it. That was topical relevance right there. Um, and now we're moving on. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we I, we were going to talk about um, our biggest game changers for us in, in business. And hopefully this is a really good um, gift for you on what what we found was the most impactful for us. And then maybe you can implement them in your business uh, faster than we did. <clears throat> but uh, I'll start it off with number one. I think the biggest game changer for me was adding you as a partner. We've Aww. actually... <laughs> We talked about this uh, in a in a previous episode of Why You Should Partner, but it's, it's mostly because you offered uh, a different insight and service to what I wanted to offer that just made what I was good at, which was SEO, better. And that was your uh, PPC skills. So once we were able to combine those uh, those powers and create the Evergrow Megazord, uh, it was unstoppable. Yeah. But it was also like your, um, your, you changing like the boutique services that I had kind of outlined into productized services. And like, I don't consider that like fundamentally changing on its own. That was the change was bringing you on and then you having and you doing that. Hmm. And then I'd say the, the inverse too, though, is your, right. I didn't, and I wouldn't do this. I've said that before. I wouldn't do this on my own. I, I just, I wouldn't, um, you have tenacity that I don't alone. I'm not really, a a resilient person wouldn't describe myself that way but having a partner definitely uh you know when you're accountable to someone else then it it builds resilience so that's how i see it on my end anyway sorry what i interrupted you were saying more Mm, i have no idea i thought your interruption was appropriate oh thanks we're very (laughs) polite today partners all right number two what you got getting featured in industry publications so this, mm, this happened shortly definitely. after we uh, started our partnering talk. So we hadn't quite partnered yet, but I got featured in uh, Turf Magazine, which is a big industry publication for our industry in the landscaping community um, with a an article called, it was like nine marketing tips uh, to prepare your lawn care business for the spring. And if you type in lawn care marketing in uh, 2022 or 2023, it's still within the first 10 results on Google. Um, mm-hmm. I just say that now because there are no pages on Google anymore. It's all infinite scroll. Yeah, they still got positioning, so we could say. I said first ten positions. But again, like the first page, like the the term first page of Google is like irrelevant now. No more, no more pages. No, I, I accidentally. So I was scrolling through Google yesterday for some reason. I was trying to find something, um, and I was like, Jesus, when does this page end? And then I kept seeing (laughs) like an ad, like every ten results. (laughs) I was like, Oh, this is the new ads now. I wonder how like the positioning on ads are going to change. Yeah, and it it already has some um, with how they've reported on it, and you know, impression impression share for top absolute top position versus just top position and that sort of stuff. And it's really nerdy stuff that doesn't ultimately matter that much. These things are going to keep changing. They're going to keep tweaking them, and eh, 
whatever. I need to write an article. Um, I'm disregarding what you said. Um, <laughs> I need to. <laughs> my brain just shifted topics. Uh, I need to write an article about, uh, or not an article. We sh- we should do a podcast episode about how to get featured in, in publications, mm-hmm. uh, like in depth. Because ultimately, this isn't a this isn't a sponsored post. I didn't pay Turf Magazine to to publish some crap that right. I wrote. And that's um, an important distinction too, because they're not only received differently but recognized differently from Google. Well, it's it's even more important now with their uh, their link up their link spam update that they just released this month, which is basically like their any any paid link, including guest posting, they're counting as spam. So um, Matt Diggity just I just watched Matt Diggity's video on this and um and youtube and he said uh his method for for google thinking that a link is paid or like a guest posted link is if there are like uh substantially more outbound links to the um the source than uh than internal links and he's like if you divide them and and on the site and there is a ratio of like 0.12 then you're safe so i i commented on the video and i was like where are you getting the 0.12 number like why is that relevant um anyways i don't think getting published in a magazine and a guest post is the same because when you're published in a magazine you have like your own author profile and you're a contributor i think contributors and guest posters are defined by google differently this is all just a theory too i could be wrong but well it's not theory to say that there's different credibility and weight to legitimate magazine publications versus just guest posting like i i hate that phrase that word that what you know guest posting what does that mean are you serious about the crap emails we get every day of people saying i would like to guest post and you will get web 2.0 links and we will reciprocal link and i'm like i immediately ignore you i don't care about any of that but if it's a legitimate established publication that has regular readers then getting featured in that sort of publication is very legitimate and it has nothing to do i mean yeah the I can't say it has nothing to do because there is a lot of benefit to getting links from those places too. But I mean, a lot of them have dual, you know, website articles and actual print publications where you can get featured in either or both. And people do read those and take action on those by themselves. It doesn't have to be purely about you know, manipulating rank. It can just be actual, simple outreach mm-hmm. and yeah, which is kind of which is what we did. Like, actually, when we first started, I had no intention to rank for a landscaping marketing company. Uh, I I didn't think that we were going to. I didn't think people were searching for that. I didn't even do. And and, and actually, it really doesn't seem like a ton of people do search for that. But yeah, the ones that do are very intentional about it. And it's it's really how we've grown completely. But um, yeah, it's like the more time you do SEO, too, the more time you realize that don't. It's I can't say SEO. Ads especially, you realize you, you hit a point with where you run search ads where you just stop caring about the keyword planner <laughs> entirely. <laughs> you do no research. You just know intuitively that these keywords are good. We should target these. I don't care what the search volume is. This is what we'll go after. So I would say that too for anybody who is thinking about, oh, well, can I start a, a marketing agency in this niche or is this too far niche down? And I would not, I wouldn't, put too much weight in like keyword planner research because a lot of it doesn't show up and it's there all they're saying is google's just saying uh it's not worth your money <laughs> but that doesn't mean it's not worth going after and pursuing anyway end rant yeah yeah well i was gonna say like we're still getting leads from that turf magazine article that that uh was published four years ago yep. um it's like our like third or fourth most traffic source <laughs> and it's like holy yeah. cow 
it is just crushing it still. Uh, and then even then, I published another article um, in Turf Magazine like within three months, I think. And then it moved on to Green Industry Pros. I got featured in Lawn and Landscape. What? Well, not a full article. It was more of just like an expert opinion. And then mm-hmm. um, you got in Landscape Management. Yep. Uh, we just submitted an article to Turf Magazine that's going to be published on the 30th. Um, which is awesome because we have to link back to our article that was in 2018. It's uh, it's why you should market your landscape or why or should you turn off your marketing in the winter for landscapers, and um, so that'll be huge. Uh, and that was huge, still is. Um, we have a tenth of the links to our site that our competitors have, and we still rank higher than them. So, all right, third one. It's on the same. It's on the same lines. Um, getting on industry podcasts. So very mm-hmm. very similar to publications. Um. It, it it's not paid you reach out to whoever's in your niche and you say hey this is what i have to bring value to your audience uh i, th- I was thinking we should talk about it and um more often than not people respond to me and we get on like a podcast interview just to just to see how it could fit but in all of these situations even like publishing or getting on a publish with a publisher or getting on a podcast you have to put an effort ahead of time you can't just like jump on and say we'll figure it out like you've got to know what value you're going to provide and make sure that they haven't already covered whatever topic that you're, you're going to be um, bringing. And uh, when they see that you have already put in the work, then it, then it's way easier to get featured on this stuff. And and we'll have a full episode on this too, eventually on, on how kind of what my method is. Cause anytime there's a publication that you think we should get on, you're just like, all right, Jake, <laughs> do the yeah, thing. I, I scope them out and then I tell you, Hey, do, do what you do. Get us in there somehow. Yeah. Podcasts are cool. Uh, it's there is work that goes into it, but it's a different kind of work, and it could arguably be less work depending on your skill set compared to actually writing articles for other publications. So it's handy, and I would say too that no, mm, yeah, with how much time you have to invest, it, it's not that hard. So really, you can go after a lot of smaller podcasts, and it's still worth your time because they'll have dedicated audiences. So. Yeah, yeah that's cool. The only, only drawback to podcasts is you usually you don't get like a like a good link, but right. but if you're just trying to get clients, you don't need the link. I mean, we are we get the most amount of leads from podcasts that we were on, and ultimately, what it comes down to is leads. It doesn't matter what your rank is as long as you're getting leads. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you're uh, if you put equal amount of effort into to each podcast versus articles at and publications, I probably want to focus on podcasts with niche audiences. Um, yeah, that's there. Makes sense. My next, the next one I had on my list was for you. This one was cool. yours. Do you know cool. what it is? Did I tell you or? Yeah, it's leaving your day job. Ah, uh, I did say that. You did. Yeah, uh, that was big. Um, it was very strange. I a lot of people want to really pimp it out and talk about it a ton, and I, I especially didn't because I just didn't feel great about it. <laughs> <laughs> we because it was very risky especially at the time we took on a bunch of work and it was very fight or flight because i remember uh just weeks i think it was weeks before i told them hey uh i will most likely leave between this and this and it was a multi-year oh range. no i remember no you said um it was in the spring because mm-hmm. you said like hey the earliest i can you told me like the earliest you could leave was in like the fall Mm-hmm. And then I remember, yeah, I remember you like coming back like a week later and you'd be like, I put in my two weeks. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because we got what, how many accounts at once? And it, it was very sink or swim. It was, but we can't logistically do this uh, if in, in the time frame that we need to, unless 
something has to give. And that is the easiest for me at the time to uh, give it a shot. And so, uh, yeah, I, but I remember leaving and saying, I might be back. I don't know. <laughs> this might not go great. And I remember uh, hitting a year after that point and what, well, growing our business growing, but also realizing and thinking, oh yeah, no, this is, this is legit enough that we're good. We're okay. And I think, do you mind leaving? Do you mind sharing your salary discrepancy? Um, I won't give full details. I took a cut for sure. Uh, yeah. and like a, like a 50, 60% cut. Oh yeah. 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 As far as, so yeah, this is terrible traditional career advice. I would not recommend if you don't have something else going on that is important to you that you're also pursuing, leaving your day job at 50% of your pay. Um, I guess it wasn't 50. It was, yeah, it was, um, it was 50. Yeah. That was 20. I guess if we're, if we're looking at the monthly, yeah, there was a while there. It was, I definitely was taking a risk and assuming that things were going to improve from there. But yeah, uh, yeah, fifty percent when I jumped. That's that's definitely accurate. Um, but I mean, closed out that year under. Uh, when was was that two years ago now? Twenty twenty one. It was uh, it right, was, right, right. It was spring in twenty twenty. Like, like right. so, March, I think. So this year, I will I'll basically be even to what. So it's a little weird because I negotiated a, a pay reduction actually to go back to school at the same time. So here's something I don't oh, recommend yeah. is is having a day job, a side hustle, and going back to school. Don't do that. Don't. <laughs> it's no, 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 no. But that's well, also if you just why wake I up was, early. <laughs> just wake up at four a.m. and do it for two weeks, and then get your Lambo and sell it, and everything will be fine. Easy. Uh, Start a drop shipping store. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> no, but anyway, as far as my point though, um, oh, I, I people are probably wondering. Uh, so this year was near even. Um. And then, you know, continue this trend and things will improve. And I, I think it's very situational. But the thing that I would say is that it gave me, it didn't immediately give me confidence. It gave me the opportunity to build confidence and confidence and skills that I it either had either like avoided or uh, didn't didn't have experience in. How do you feel um, mentally? Like, how do you feel like, do you, would, would you rather, you're even now. So would you rather... Like, do you like this exponentially more than you liked working at that job uh, and like just being like just being kind of a, a minion of theirs? Or do you like this better? <laughs> uh, I like this significantly more. Uh, I don't know about exponentially. That sounds I don't know. Uh, just because I could in the right circumstances go back to doing that sort of thing. But I do like it exponentially more. But people I think the, the big thing that people should know is that uh, to me, if you are in the middle kind of like me, the only major selling point is controlling your time. You work more. You do. But I work more. <laughs> like, uh, it's harder. It's way more emotional up and downs, which is like kind of exciting, but also strange. Uh, but being in charge of your time is very cool. Yeah. And and not having to report to anybody. Yeah. I can't, Lauren sent <laughs> Lauren sent an email to my, per, my, my Evergrow email. Mm. And or she sent it from my Evergrow email, I think, to her email. And um, it was, like, mildly inappropriate. And I was like, <laughs> what if my boss sees that? <laughs> and she goes, you think Cody's going to see it? And I was like, hold up. <laughs> You're calling Cody my boss? And she's like, and she just goes, he's the boss. 
<laughs> That's nice. I'll take it. <laughs> it doesn't feel like it, but I'll take it. Uh, I like this phenomenally better, exponentially better. But you're right. Yeah. I mean, you, you do work a lot more. I don't have a lot of room to talk because I still have my, my day job. But Well, you, you wouldn't need to, right? I mean, there's, there's also... Yeah, I don't. Like a, I really don't. Yeah. And that's a different, that's definitely a different place and a cool place to be at when you're at a day job too, because it gives you more freedom, more confidence there. If you've ever seen the movie Office Space, it's a lot like, it's a lot like having the confidence like that, where you, where someone tells you to do something and you say, no, that's stupid. And like, you just flat out say it and no one's going to do anything about it because they're like, oh shit, this guy has confidence. (laughs) But, but like I tell Lauren all the time, like I'm, I'm awful at giving advice to, to Lauren, like at her job because someone will do something kind of shitty and I just be like, you just need to tell them, Hey, Hey, that was, that was awful of you. Like, or like, you need to say like, "Mm, I don't like that. We're not going to do that. And she goes, Mm. I can't do that. (laughs) Like she goes, nobody can do that. Only, only you can do that because you're in a unique situation where you don't need your job like i want i want my job i like my job i like the people i work with i like the companies i get to interact with and and what we do from an industry standpoint um uh, and i technically have equity in it so i want to see it out Mm. um that's funny you say that though because uh jenny and i had a similar talk a while back about peer pressure at work and not not obvious peer pressure but how you just sometimes feel obligated to do certain things or something and she asked what my experience was like that. And I said, honestly, I like I would have to spend time thinking about it because it's been so long since I've had to feel that. <laughs> like if so, say I feel pressure from uh, a client or something that is pushing us to do something we don't like or something like that. And my answer is just uh, no, we don't work with them then. Like, <laughs> there's there There really isn't a ton of. And, and there could be, there could be self-imposed um, if we chose to be like that or, or do that sort of thing. But I guess I'm also, it doesn't help that I'm not really a person who feels those sorts of things. But it, there's definitely, there's a big benefit to being in charge yourself so that you you get to decide a lot of that stuff. And you don't feel, but any pressure does become self-imposed because mm, it stops at you. So you get to decide those things. I can't remember what it was, but there was somebody in one of these SEO groups, one of these marketing groups where um, they were saying, like, like, what what do you guys do if um, your, like, if your client or, like, their, 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 their client or, like, their, whoever was hiring them or paying them, they sent them, like, the agreement and they screenshotted a portion of the agreement and the agreement was, like, um, you need to build or you need to provide, like, 1,200 links to the site each month do xyz like very like structured seo things that are like gray black hat stuff and then they're like and this has to correlate to position or ranking increases i'm like this is weird like first (laughs) of all if you know what you want to do for seo why are you not just doing it um second why are you also giving the person you're paying a goal in terms of ranking but also telling them what to do that and then like judging them based off of that like like okay the backlink the whole backlink thing that's that's going to be dead after this algorithm finishes rolling out so it's like what now they just you know you're just going to fire them um so i remember commenting on it they're like what do you guys think about this and i was like what do i think about that i want to work with them i just been like no (laughs) (laughs) i'm not gonna do it 
which leads me to that next point. So this one was me, which was uh, um, a big game changer for us is being really strict about who we partner with. And mm-hmm. when we, when you first start, you don't you don't really have the luxury of being strict, uh, especially if you're just trying to build a foundation. Um, you you have to give away things if you don't have a portfolio, um, and you have to get some work under your belt. Um, and uh, that's kind of where we were at when you jumped ship, which was we weren't very strict with who we signed up with, um, and we didn't have an onboarding limit. It was just like anybody who signed up with us, we would take it because it was money in the pocket. And also you left your day job, uh, which means we needed money in the bank. Um, I even I remember I even offering like, hey, if you want to take like 75 percent mm-hmm. because this is your sole source of income, you can. Uh, but you refused. Like an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I I could see why people would want to do those sorts of things. But that's something that we've never really done just because i think we're equal you've said it before we're equal contributors and that that's just what it is so i um, i think i said we we our 50 percent is is based off of each of our value mm. not the amount of work that we put in so like some because mm-hmm. sometimes you're putting in like 50 hours a week and some in that same week i'm putting in 10 hours a week or maybe nothing at all but yeah or well especially uh, with going back to school for me, right? Yeah. There are, you, you experience it every time I go on a break <laughs> where throughout the, throughout the semester, I'm uh, treading water, like barely breathing. And then the second we hit a break, I'm up until like 3am and I'm getting so much done and it feels awesome. And I imagine you and everybody else is just like, man, would you just chill out for a second because i'm not saying my 10 hours a week equals your 50 hour a week but (laughs) it 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 does sound like that (laughs) (laughs) no yeah you uh you do crank those out but then there are also those weeks that i'm just like getting so much done like Mm. no we just alternate yeah It, it would be very hard to to try and facilitate that because because of the lifestyles that we have too yeah yeah we both just never really wanted to i I could see how that could be a big issue for some people but also uh partner with someone you can trust i don't know what what else can you say yeah like this week like just this week it was uh um, essentially closing a sale getting us published in turf magazine and then also setting up a podcast interview um Mm -hmm. niche podcast so there's just a lot of outreach going on whereas i've just spent 20 hours staring at google or Looker Studio. Looker. What a stupid Dash. name. <sighs> yeah. They Dumb. should be ashamed of themselves. Yeah, we're we're, we're going to take on the moniker of Looker Studio. Why? I feel like less people know what that is. And it was in the name before. It was Google Data Studio, right? I mean, it was Data Studio, but people said Google and now it's now it's just Looker Studio. It's not Google Looker Studio. I don't hear that. People aren't saying that. I don't know. Anyway, I'll shut up. What's the next one? You got something? Yeah. <laughs> This next, well, I think you can chime in a lot on this one, but this next one was templating websites. I think this was out of all the game changers. If you were like to wait them, I think this was the biggest one for us, like together. Yeah, I would have had a heart attack if that hadn't happened. Legit, <laughs> I, I would have been put in the hospital, if not dead, because it was just. Yeah. And that was that was months, months of pouring over it, and uh, makes me real. I do like I like product development. It's a fun thing, but uh, and it yeah, I totally revolutionize the game i guess you could say 
and it's we, been awesome. We weren't tracking how long we were we were taking to build sites um, earlier, early in the business ventures because we were all building them custom or like semi custom. Like we would take pages from different sites we built um, and just duplicate them. But then uh, uh, we got to the point where we're like, "Hey, we should build like an actual template website with its own domain." have all the plugins the plugins and everything set up right and then when we sign on a new client we just port the template site over change out the name the content and the images and then we're good to go uh and you worked on that for quite a while and then when it launched i remember because we had started tracking like regular website build times and when it was just uh you and i or just you and me sorry objective pronoun uh i'd say you and i always get that one wrong uh, yeah you and me um <laughs> and uh we were it was taking us like 40 to 60 hours to build a site mm-hmm. um cuz we were using clockify clockify.me it's a it's a free uh free time tracking uh app and website but uh i remember when you when we first launched the template and it was me building it was me and Courtney building mm-hmm. the site on the, the the new template right yeah yeah, oh, yeah yeah okay and uh when the site launched we spent 20 hours and we're like we just knocked this down in half for yeah. the time that it took to, to build the site and it was better too mm-hmm. so from there we we i knew that we weren't going to have another spring of 21 mm-hmm. and so spring of 22 was was really nice like we cranked out sites nice but we also put on that uh we put on that three client limit where we made people wait till like june yep uh we had a. Uh, we don't. We only onboarded three clients at a time. And waitlists are good too. I don't. I don't want people to think that waitlists are bad because it adds exclusivity. That's a good thing. That's a good problem. Is to say, uh, yeah, sorry, we're we're booked up, and if if you want to be on, like you can pay, and you'll get in the list, and you'll be in this order. But uh, otherwise, it's going to go to somebody else. Like yeah. that's a very powerful. I was worried about that, and I I used to piss Cody off because we had a three like a three client limit, and then he'd just be like, "Why are there four onboarding right now?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Uh, but uh, I'm I mean I I'm the sales guy, so like I have to try to make a sale. That's my job. But I'm also the owner and the operator, so I have to I have to kind of abide by the rules too. But we did end up having the wait list, and I in starting in like February. I change the month every time I tell the story. Starting in February, we had a wait list until June. Basically, someone would someone would come up to us and say, uh, "I want to get started." I'm like, "Okay, well, we've got a wait list to June." And um, but it wasn't like solid. It wasn't like June fifth. You're starting. It was saying I basically said for February we have we're doing three onboarding clients. Here are the expected due dates of when they offboard, which means, and then here are the other clients who are on deck, and here's when they offboard which means there is one spot left open in June for you to sign on with. And uh, March of 22 or spring of 22 was just so much better and smoother. But now we're doubling that limit, right? Are we doing six? Um, let's talk about it later. <laughs> Cody says no. He says we can do three and a half. <laughs> All right. Templating sites. If you have a product type service, figure out how to template it. I was listening to a podcast. Um, the agency growth podcast i think I, I think it was them the guys who do zen pilot uh who, who owns zen pilot i can't remember but they were talking to somebody who they can crank out websites in five hours it's impressive i also feel like it's duplicated content oh well, it'd have to be right at yeah. that point yeah or it's like three page websites or using bots i don't know that's that's mm-hmm. cool it's a 
impressive, but that's yeah. that's tough. All right. The next one I have is one we just covered uh I think two weeks ago, which is uh hiring the right people. Mm-hmm. So well, important. in the magic of pod the podcasting world, it was actually one we did last week, but it aired two weeks ago from when this podcast episode will air. That was that was some uh I had to do some thinking to figure out that one. But no, hiring the right people was huge for us because we hired the I don't want to say we hired the wrong person. We hired the wrong role, for sure. Mm, we, I think it's easiest just to say we were learning and didn't yeah, yet know the finer details of what we needed. Because I, I wouldn't say we hired the wrong person either. Um, I think we learned along the way. I've said it before that I, I've never wanted to be a manager and I've intentionally and purposefully avoided manager roles. So this is kind of my first experience with doing that sort of thing and not because of that i'm i'm learning more and more about what's reasonable to expect from people what uh what yeah how long it takes to train somebody on a certain skill and then as their professional development continues where they'll be at along the line and you know digital marketing you want people to be really good there's there's a limit to how wide they can stretch themselves uh and then if not like people like me and Jake are freaks, we are, we're just, most people aren't going to know as much as us. That's not meant to be like a humble brag. It's just, I, I, I'm a very obsessive person and I wanted this really badly. So bad to the point that, uh, my, I have serious risk problems because I've spent so much time working and pursuing this. Um, most people aren't going to be like that. In fact, you don't even want them like that. Um, but yeah, so hiring, but, yeah, hiring the right kind of people, though, I think is is important. And then knowing how to treat them right, that sort of stuff. Just all around experience with management. Um, yeah, figuring that and, out. Figuring, when we came around to our second hires, like we knew that we can't be as lenient anymore. Like, yeah, yeah, can't be as lenient. Got to be. Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, on our side, it's be more detailed with expectations, that sort of thing. Yeah. Last thing, we just covered this. Last week, documenting processes. Mm-hmm. So this was Important. this was huge. So I really, if if I walked away from here and I said, you know, for me to pick my top two, I'd say templating websites and documenting processes. Because mm-hmm. after templated websites got done, great, we could um we cut our we cut our build time in half, uh, which saves a bunch of labor hours, which means we can onboard more people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once documenting processes got done, I was removed from the website building process, which saved. 20 more hours per client, yep. which means if needed, we can onboard even more people and then I can get involved and help. Um, and then at that point we can hire more people. Now, obviously we're still documenting processes, but, um, and Cody, we can have an episode on this similar to what tropical MBA does, which is going over like our yearly finances on how, how we did year over year. But, um, we had like a hundred percent year over year growth for like two years in a row. And then in fact, uh, 2020 to 2021, it was like 130%. Like it was it was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. This year, it was only 20%. Profit. And yeah, profit. But gross uh, was higher. But yeah. Yeah. But profit's the important. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of that was like, of course, I wanted, to, I wanted to double again. I wanted to go over 100%. But it didn't happen. Because we had to, we had to slow down a bit and get our processes documented. And then, but that just means in 2023, I wanted, I wanted 200%. I just want to explode. Mm-hmm. Cody, Cody yeah. is very much like, that sounds scary. I don't want to do that. <laughs> it's not scary. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I know the work associated with it and it doesn't sound fun. Um, 
it, as long as things keep getting easier to accomplish those things, then yeah, absolutely. Um, but that's the thing is I, I hate repetitive work and I hate work for the sake of work. So things always have to constantly be improving and progressing towards a simpler way of doing it. Um, and as long as that's happening, then the growth becomes easier. Like percentage growth becomes harder the bigger you get, right? Because you're the same amount of money becomes uh, a smaller percentage the bigger you are. So it you can still grow a lot, but percentage-wise, it doesn't feel like a ton, but it can still be significant cash. But uh, I am not satisfied. <laughs> <I know. laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna outgrow ourselves. I'm not gonna outpace what we can handle. But I do want to do 200. percent Yeah, 200 uh, percent as long as everything else is easy and nothing breaks. Love it. Thing is, some some things are unavoidably break. But I, I'm not a fan. I think move fast and break things is a, a motto for businesses with other people's money. <laughs> <laughs> Invest uh, in uh, businesses with investments or uh, seed investors, angel investors. Yep. Yeah. And when it's your own money, you're a lot more careful and calculated. And that's a smart way to do it. So, yeah. Yeah. I agree. That's it. That's it. Finn. Finn? Uh, yeah. It's what they have at the end of like French films, like Finn, F I N. Have you ever oh. seen that? Mm-hmm. I'm surprised. Like with the screen fades to black and then there's just like a white, like it just says Finn and then it just ends. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, it's French for like finished. Uh, like, it's a Finn. Well, we're Finn, guys. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. See you next episode. See ya.